0: Welcome to Chilling in a Bentley,
1: the number one young people podcast. Please listen carefully with a poetic, inspirational, and lifestyle plethora of insights.
0: Chilling in a Bentley, Bentley vibe. Welcome, good people, to Chilling in a Bentley, and I am here with a very exciting. And I can't wait to introduce this gentleman. Okay. Yeah, First, man. I'm not going to introduce this gentleman. He's going to introduce himself. He's a journalist with Next Media Services and I, I'm very excited to host him on my podcast. And we're going to get into his story. What is his story? Where did he go to school? What were his achievements in those schools? But I can't wait you guys to hear from what Ronald Mugabe has to tell us. Ronald Mugabe, what's up? How are you doing? I'm man?
1: all right, man. Welcome, uh, everyone who's listening to Chilling in Bentley. I'm happy to be here. My name is Ronald Mugavi, like he said, so I'm just excited for all that's coming.
0: You know, I have a friend uh, that, that, that does podcasting as well. He's called Hosni Barak. The first time I heard from you, I was like, oh my God, does Hosni Barak have a brother that he doesn't know about? Because I thought I would never meet another podcaster with such an exciting accent. Okay. I, I, I really like your accent. I wish God blessed me that accent. I don't know what I would be doing in the world if uh, if I have this kind of accent of ours, and I'm only destroying the world. Eh? What if I had your accent? I don't know even. So, uh, Ronald Mugabi, how yeah. are you? How how does your I understand how does your day go as a journalist? Can you uh, briefly share with us a day of a journalist named
1: Mugabe Ronald
0: from morning
1: to evening? Oh, thank you very much. On a busy day. Given the fact that I'm a sportscaster with the uh, Next Media Services um, on a busy day, I wake up to my mobile phone, uh, check my WhatsApp group, we have a sports desk WhatsApp group, and then uh, see the the, 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 the the activity that's there. Uh, sometimes we see them before time, but when you get like uh, before, uh, before the event of a sports happening, you have to look through and see where you will be working on that day or which a match day is coming up because now I do a presentation for the Uganda Premier League, and so when I wake up, I check through and see um, what match do we have on it and on what day. Because normally they uh, bring them up beforehand, the fixture, so you know that oh on this day I will be doing this and this day I will be doing that. Um, so you check them through, or if it's another sports event like athletics, we have the Uganda Athletics Federation, so that also I go to it and and. If I do like three sports activities boxing athletics and also uh, football so I just have to check through my mobile phone all the time in the morning when I wake up to see what's happening in those disciplines so I see that then I you know if there's an activity now my busy day comes through um, you have to prep for that activity that you're going to do I mean contact the people you're going to work with um, I see if I'm doing studio work I'm going to present in studio match build-up. I have to prep before time and uh, get to know who are, who is on my panel. Um, who am I going to talk to? What context are we going to give this uh, great uh, football match that's coming up such that people can enjoy and also get some knowledge out of it. Yeah, I think that's basically uh, for starters. But then as we go through, then, you know, studio happens. We go do a dry run prep. Uh, do scripting, go through the rundown with my producer, uh, see what the producer wants, what kind of context does the producer want to project. Uh, then uh, the producer tells me his site, I tell them we, we exchange thoughts because I work with different producers. So I tend to find out what they really want to project. and Then I can advise, they can advise, what does the head of department want to project so all of these things come into mind, then we get to the studio, uh, I take my position, normally because I'm the presenter, I'm the moderator, I'm the person who does the moderation of the whole show or the program, then I'm dressed up with the you know studio gadgets, uh, then I have years again with the director of photography who tells me which one is my camera, how am I going to move, uh, how will I be looking, uh, all of that, yeah, we try to in, in prep time for. But if I have if I'm doing if I'm working outdoors, then I have to again work with another producer who does field production. Uh, that producer again has to help me out in terms of you know getting to uh, know which position he will be shooting these pictures. Then I have another again uh, director of photography or the DOP like we call them or the camera person in the field, who does field work, photo, uh, camera work, telling me where to stand and how to stand, uh, dressing me up with all these gadgets, and then we're good to go. That's how my day is like, so throughout the match, I, if I'm doing studio, I have to have breaks of analysis and, and, and uh, recapping all that has happened. If I'm in the field, uh, um, I have to come back in the end and again, give a final context to all that has happened.
0: That's such a, a beautiful nitty-gritty of a day of a sports journalist. I think I can now tap my friends who are not interested in football, in, in, in sports to, to wake up, probably they were sleeping. And they were not understanding the whole athletics, football, um, conversation. So Mr. Mugabe, yes, could you now try to let my audience know who is Mr. Mugabe? What's your story like? Where did you go to school? What were the achievements you got in school? What's exciting about your school story? nursery primary high school university did you study at university and all those
1: well i very much went through the school life like every other person every other child ugandan child goes through Uh, though mine was a humble start i started slowly Um, things didn't get off for me quite well because my parents find that rich Um, i remember we i come from oh i grew up in a border So we could uh, crisscross uh, Kenya, Uganda. So that's how life started for me. Now, uh, going through my education, I did some nursery school there, though so it wasn't the quality that was, you know, going to compete at national level. So I, when we came to the city with my family, then uh, we started out life. Go to a school where I did, I redid the nursery school at Saint Anne's preparatory school it was in um, outside of uh, Kavoa Uh, from there my my mom thought that they weren't giving me what she wanted Uh, I wasn't getting enough as a child so she had to try and look out for the top uh, schools for me to go and you know enroll Then she got to Namidiangu Junior Boys where I was taken to do an interview Uh, when I got to that place I didn't do well in that interview so I wasn't taken on uh, so then I she had to be referred to another school that was a little bit lower in terms of uh, grading that's where I went and good enough God does things when I got to the school I thought I think I found much more that I would even not have gotten I don't know what I wouldn't have gotten from the other school what I got from this school was also like something for me to start on yeah, that's how life for me in primary started at CETA boarding primary school go to the ranks, uh, boarding school, that was my first time to face boarding school, boarding life in primary one, I was made to repeat uh, the class of, from primary one to primary seven, I was in boarding school, <laughs> so that's then primary seven you know, like PLE, we all sit for exams, graduated from primary school back to secondary school so where do so when I reached secondary school, my mum passed on. passed on after my primary school immediately, so I didn't have anyone to pay my tuition. Um, but my my auntie then took me on. I had an auntie in Ginger. She was uh, doing her own work. She had uh, her own family, so she was doing her own work, like she was selling clothes in the market and uh, to raise money. You know, of course, uh, when you say that, people have the picture of someone who's sitting down and struggling but she had quite a failure because in the market there they were quite organized she had a store uh, so I could go there she told me Ronald uh, come over uh, you can work with me and I'll pay your tuition so I yeah when and started working because I was eager to study I, I wanted to get education I couldn't fathom the fact that my peers my colleagues whom I was with in class would continue, and then me, I break off. So I think I was willing to do anything to continue with education. That's how I start my education. So she pays for me in a, a day school. Uh, it was a Catholic, Catholic convent kind of school. Uh, it was called Mother Kevin Senior Secondary School. It's in Jinja, It's Catholic uh, convent. Uh, you, you find nuns and, and brothers there studying. I went there because it was cheap, it was more like a community, it was for the Catholics but they allowed students from outside to come also and study, yeah, so I go to this school. And one thing I like about the school, yes it was not uh, the class as people would think, uh, but the, 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 the Catholic system has a way of teaching. Um, I remember they taught people practical skills. Most of the, the biggest percentage of the subjects we learned were practical like people learned how to use the sewing machine, people like learned how to farm, people learned how to uh, do carpentry and all that. Music uh, was my favorite subject because uh, the, 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 I found that the teacher who was teaching music uh, quite charming. Uh, Aquaculture, I mean, lots of practical stuff that I wouldn't have found in many of these other schools. So then I did a year there and then thought that maybe I needed to be locked up in a secondary school and, and you know, get more. Like, uh, because, again, it was becoming expensive on her for me to commute from home to the school. Like, it was taking up lots of money, so she was thinking that perhaps with the money she has, take me to a boarding school. You can work in holidays, but in, in, uh, during, the, uh, you know, school time, you know, you go to a boarding school, and that's how I go to. A King of Kings secondary school. It was in another district, uh, another school which was a bit low in grade. It was really a third world school, if, I, if I'm to say. Uh, but when I go to this school, I realized that, um, that the money we paid was small money, um, little money to save. So I go to the school. Um, one of the exciting things I found about this school was. First of all, they were a sport. it was a sports school, like football, athletics, they could bring in kids to run and their kids to play football, so it was like sports rounded. And I remember one of the things they had also, they got later on, they got a tennis court donation uh, from UNICEF. Yeah, the only one, actually the, the standard uh, tennis court in, in any school you can find in the region, uh, because it was properly done. and because of their sports background. And they had uh, this connection with the funders from uh, the Americans, this American-American group of people that was funding it. So one of the things, the other things I found good about this school was that they had a well-stocked library with books that I couldn't have found easily. They had so many books, so many encyclopedias. So I go to this book. My favorite place is because, again, it was so highly competitive in sports so i couldn't join the sports uh, families so i was reading all the time but every time i got i was like looking into the library and checking in and reading extensively reading as much as i could i read all the history of africa black americans uh it, it was, to me then it was like i was searching on google because these encyclopedias were quite huge i remember the african encyclopedia uh, it had a lot of material in Africa, African-Americans, uh, the likes of Malcolm X, the likes of, uh, and that, that, that there then I was in all uh, uh, level so I used to go and read many things, self-help stuff, because I found out that kids there also never wanted to read, so reading for them was not something they you know looked up to, and for me reading was everything, because I needed to better my mind in I read I became addicted and I remember sometimes the Americans used to come in and they could could come out and check out their donations, uh, check out uh, how the school was running because it was funded. Yeah they could you know talk with us and we could exchange and yeah it was quite an experience. Then from there I sat my senior four then I come back to Kampala uh, St. Joseph uh, Secondary School in Deva that uh, one famous uh, musician, uh, Maurice Kiria, I also went to, yes, so I joined that school. Joining that school was a tug of war for me because um, my dad wanted me to go, I, I reunited with my dad after my high school, that's when I found it. I hadn't grown up with him, yeah, so he wanted me to get a better education too, so he thought that he would take me to a school, but I was so tired studying from far away, so he said, okay, you a school that's around town and maybe you can you know concentrate but he was looking out me. so he found the catholic school another catholic school in the convent so i was back in the same city that i was in uh, so i studied it was interesting for me in this school because it was um, in town and then, so i didn't have worries of, 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 of say being abandoned somewhere far I had struggled so much in my old level uh, because in my old level sometimes you could get 5,000 pocket money and on the first day because it's supposed to run you through the term I take it to the school busher who stamps on it, who uh, puts it in a paper and then you know keeps it for me until I get it. I could go for it at the end of the term because I knew it was my transport back home after the term had ended. So fast forward. It high school, yeah, go to high school, like any other kid, go to S, S6, five, S5, S5, S6, yeah, and, you know, I graduated uh, out of high school, and then, yeah, it was, uh, you know, like in Uganda when you finish your high school, now uh, university comes in. Now before
0: you go into the university, uh, I want to appreciate the fact that you share something in common, the fact that you united with your dad after your senior four. Yeah. I think that's that's where my dad also come after my senior four when he noticed that ah, it's gentleman past he's senior four. Let me come with you. Yeah I look for uh, good school and all that. That's when he came in to start to sponsor my my academic till to date. However, I would also love to appreciate you have such a strong story not able to relate with the loss of your mom at some point but then i realized that you've been the kind of person that's able to utilize the limited resources to bring the best out of it. and at this point when i want you to share with my listeners out there how did you do it you didn't go to the most privileged schools but you you managed to source out the best of the knowledge that you could There are people that are going to go to this kind of school and want to portray this whole idea of man i didn't go to school it's not that famous so don't blame me for not knowing if someone listen to you converse or air out something do a podcast document something that you love to do because one thing i know from me documentation documentary recording so if someone got a chance to listen to you they may think you went to the best of schools in the country it's you actually went to the unprivileged school yeah. how did you be how how are you able to source the best
1: of resources from these places that weren't the best places to study from um someone once said that we are five people around us we are a total sum of the five people around us um, if, if say a kid spends time with people who are smoking weed, <laughs> chances are very high that that kid will, you know, smoke weed themselves. But there are many things that I think me looking at uh, from, from, from the border district where I came from, uh, trying to understand. When I came to the city in Kampala, I saw a lot of people with a lot of privilege. Uh, that's what I see every day, even up to date. I mean, um, so there are things that people underestimate, and I always want to emphasize those. Media, people underestimate the power of media. Now, of course, internet has come in, and again, you find that people underestimating. Television is a school. If 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 if, if people have not uh, fathomed that they should because I can tell you Chris Brown, I'm sure many young people listening right now know who Chris Brown is. Chris Brown learned how to do everything he knows or he does just by watching television and doing what television uh, does. So Chris Brown is an artist who learned how to sing on his own, just with the help of TV and, 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 and the other uh, the other uh, media platforms or the other media gadgets that were around him. So now he's a global superstar. Chris Brown, like myself, I think also started out in a village kind of setting. He never had, I was reading his story, Chris Brown was not, He, he, would, he when he was growing up he transitioned from uh, New York, uh, from where he was, I'm forgetting the name, where he grew up from, to New York. Um, the transition was quite hard for him another person i can also bring up quickly is cristiano ronaldo cristiano ronaldo comes from a very remote island called madeira not even from mainland portugal but um, you know with relating with what he always saw interactions the people he was always with managed to you know make himself better so me i never underestimated the power of tv never underestimate the power of books people underestimate the power of education now the problem is when we contextualize education to mean academics going through the system and and, getting out there it's different education is supposed to harness your talent and and, and make it you know get it out there and and make you the best of you get the best product that it can get education is not first of all I would say this your education does not make you to be a world beater by world beater I mean you're supposed to compare yourself not with the standards of the local market because now the world is a global village you're supposed to be charged up to compare with the global market you may not change so much around you you may not change who you are at least try to ensure that that's what I always tell myself, or what I always told myself. Try to ensure that when you come up with a product, someone in London is going to consume it, someone in New York, someone in Australia, someone in South Africa, you have like uh, something good to present. So for me, I was one of my biggest advisor in many stages of my life um, because like when my mom passed on, my mom, the, the, the when we separated, she was sick and she told me, Ronald, look at me, I'm sick. I cannot help you anymore. I can't do anything for you. So this auntie of yours is willing to go with you. Please do whatever she tells you like. But also try to make sure that you do your best. Uh, You know, don't do things like every other kid does. Try your best. Bring out your best. Be the best you can be, because then from that you will become a better person. So from that advice, I think I was 13 years of age by then. So I, I when when all these things came in, uh, when my auntie uh, needed something or someone to do something, I was always the one. So now there is this: I need to do this. Okay, we had other kids around, but of course for them they were privileged. Went to good schools because uh, the husband to my auntie was an engineer with the Ministry of Work, so there was some money there at home, of course. But me then, I wasn't caught up in this whole excitement of saying, "Oh, it's a cool place! It's a cool place!" It was a cool home, cool house, but I knew who I was and, and I knew what I wanted to be. So I always taught myself. To me, every stage is a blessing. I, I don't. Even when you throw me to the deepest of villages, I want to always look out for the the best thing out of that place. I I never despise people. I never despise places. So from a younger age, I started to tell myself stuff. Reading was one of the things I did quite often. Reading, watching TV with the Papas, because today, I see kids watch everything and and being influenced by everything. But at the end of it all, um, I mean, you will be influenced by some artist who is going to go off the market tomorrow. What are you? What does the world perceive you to be? We have a country like this, a very beautiful country. And you see how other kids from other parts of the world try to make themselves better, try to think outside the box. You know, when you read, I used to read Ben Carson, uh, one of the teachers recommended. Remember in senior one, Ben Carson's book. Bill Gates's book. Now, all of those stories I found in those libraries, the library I told you about. So you read about Bill Gates's story, you read about the story of Jay-Z, you read about the story of Snoop Dogg, you read about. So all these stories come back to inspire. Yes, these guys are in a better country, but their lives, when you try to zoom in, you try to see that when Bill Gates starts from a garage, not a point of privilege, goes to IBM, is you know rejected or he's you know booted out he goes and starts his Microsoft how he starts it and so all of these stories came back to me I was reading from them and getting inspired
0: wow wow I see you have a story that is a gold mine of information that can inspire someone out there and, and I really find so much lessons to get from your story from you losing your mother you keeping uh, the dream of being somebody at some point, despite the fact that you lost your mother, and when I was listening to your podcast, which I consider like one of the, the most interesting podcasts I've listened to in Uganda, you said something about when when a man loses the mother, the day you lose your mother is a day you grow. There is a lot of lessons you would love to share in that context, and I'm sure even after your high school there are more lessons you have to share that happen to you at at, at the campus level yep. however to keep our listeners waiting on what's coming on next week, the with the chit chat with Gabby ronald the next video services mm-hmm. sports analyst. we shall continue from here on the next episode And ladies and gentlemen, if you want to miss out on the inspiration, we are drawing from the story of Mr. Ronald Mugabe, a journalist with Next Media Services. See you on the next episode of Chilling in a Painting.